Welcome. This talk was recorded at Insight LA in Long Beach. Thank you for listening. For more information, please visit us at InsightLA.org. Welcome, everybody. Yeah, so this is uh, Inside LA Long Beach, um, Sunday Sit. Uh, my name is Casey, and uh, very happy to have you all here. Um, we had a wonderful celebration last night, um, our holiday potluck, our annual holiday potluck, and we were celebrating um, five years. It was actually to the day yesterday we started this group. Five years ago was our first um, Sunday sit, so, yay. <laughs> How many people have been coming longer than six months? How many people have been coming longer than a year? How many people longer than two years? Three years? Four years. <laughs> Raise your hand high, Joe. <laughs> Four years. He was there the first day. <laughs> There's people that still come. It was like five people the first day. <laughs> yeah, so very, very grateful to to have a sangha, to say the least. Um, so today's talk, uh, we're going to chat about uh, how we grow, um, some Buddhist principles for, for transformation, kind of talk about that, how we grow, how we change. Uh, the first thing uh, we want to look at is that um, when we look at change is, are we making a good change? Like, we love, we love change, <laughs> but sometimes we we change in a way that still brings more and more suffering. So we keep making the same mistakes. Have, has anyone made the same mistake like you changed, but then, this is the same thing I just did. <laughs> you know. So the first thing is that we want to contemplate you know, right intention and right motivation to make sure that we're making the right change and what is wise, like wise change. And this can be very difficult, you know, we're trained from the time that we're very small, like when we're children, to look at, you know, the media and our surroundings and whatnot and what creates happiness is very entrenched. And I think there's almost like a daily process to make sure that we're really being wise and doing things that create long-term sustainable happiness. I mean, everything... Obviously, this is obvious, like with the media stuff, but like every commercial, it's like if you have this kind of, if you drink this type of beer, you're going to have a ton of friends and you're going to be barbecuing and, and, and all this stuff, or this deodorant, you're going to be beautiful if you wear this deodorant and, and all this stuff. And, and this is what's modeled to us like all the time. Like this is what's modeled, like this is where happiness is. And, and with the adults in our lives, like when we're growing up, we're looking to them like, you know, what, what am I supposed to do? And a lot of times we see that, you know, maybe they're, 
just trying to you know survive that our parents are rushed and and um, going from one thing to the next and going from one activity to the next and a lot of times these activities have goals like if you do this activity you want to do it well and be the best and be good and and whatnot if you ask a little kid like what do they want to be when they grow up it's usually career oriented like I want to be this or I want to be that usually it's not um, character trait oriented which we would think in like in spiritual philosophies like this is where we could really find a sense of happiness but there's not too many kids out there if you ask them what do you want to be? And they're like, I want to master patience. You know, like, <laughs> I want to master generosity when I grow up. <laughs> or stillness. Which is, these are real things. I mean, these are things that can really bring a deep sense of happiness. But that's not what's modeled. And it's not what's modeled like right now. Like if we look at as an adult, it's always there's a bombardment. Like it just keeps growing. Like as we move through like childhood, you know, teen, we're always we have this comparing mind, right? Like I got to be like this because this is like people my age or something. This is where I need to be. I need to keep up with them. We don't even know who them is, <laughs> but we got to keep up with them. And so there's a sense of like we're taught a couple things. We're taught conformity, like in in this like a subconscious conformity, like this is what we're all doing, this is what we're up to, you know. But we're also taught like we're very unique, and we're really special, you know. Hopefully, we're taught like, you know, be yourself. You're unique. You're special. Just, you know, have confidence in yourself. And at the same time, we're taught to conform. You got to be like this. Like, be yourself, but don't be weird. <laughs> but be yourself. You're unique, and you can just be whatever you want. Just don't be weird. Don't be strange. And so there's like this... What's that? Or creepy. Don't be, don't, don't be creepy. <laughs> Sometimes want to be creepy. Can't be creepy. Um, yeah, right. So there's like this internal um, kind of strife happening. And so, you know, when it comes to change, there's, there's like this anxiety, I think, that automatically arises when we're moving into change because... There's a self-doubt, like I want to change, but am I gonna, am I gonna be cool? Like, am I going to still stay within these confines of acceptance? Right? We can't change too much. Like, even like, um, you know, I think this is what the beautiful piece is about being in a sangha: is that we're not basing each other's um, worth on these things that society usually tells us. You know, that you're good if you're this or if you're that. This is the most powerful part about being in a Sangha is that we're holding each other's self-worth um, and our, the acceptance of ourself. You know, we're trying to hold each other's Buddha nature for each other, right? 
And I think in, in that environment, or you think a monastic environment, where the goal is like liberation, you know, from suffering. Where, like, when we go out into the world, the goals are different. The goals are monetary success and houses and this and that, right? So we really, if we're going to make a shift and a change, we have to say, okay, is this shift and change, is it going towards this conformity to what people are telling me, that this is happiness and whatnot? Or are we really looking within with really deep sense of wisdom and introspection and freedom and self-love and compassion and saying, oh, this is the actual change that I need to make. This is what's going to lead me to sustainable happiness. Right? For me, not what anyone else says. You know? Even if they think I'm weird. Like, i got to do this for me. And we have to be very, very honest you know, with ourselves. Very honest and very, very loving. So that's the, the you know this first aspect is how are we going to make those decisions where we're going to go. Then the second piece of this is like how do we meet that energy? So we say okay we're going to go this way and then we we move into this energy and how are we going to meet this energy because usually there's some kind of conflict. That's why we don't really change. And so a lot of our practice is the ability to hold conflict, discomfort, right? Being comfortable with the uncomfortable. And it starts with like sitting for half an hour in silence. <laughs> we're learning though. We're, we've all sat there, right? We met the uncomfortable. How many of you were completely comfortable for that whole half an hour? Nobody? Nobody was 100% comfortable? Right? So we all met being uncomfortable. Right? And so we could do this in, in a variety of different ways. So, you know, we, one of, the, one of the, the teachings are the three, um, I'm putting two of these in here, so I'm getting confused, but the three knowledges, like the three ways to knowledge, which is hearing, contemplating, and, and meditating, right? So we have on one hand, we have this conformity and what society is telling us and this is the way to happiness. On the other hand, we have the teachings, right? So the three, three ways to knowledge is listening to the teachings, contemplating them, and then meditating upon them. So listening, contemplating, and meditating. So we want to be able to meet them with something else, right? So as they're arising, how are we going to meet this energy of maybe of that could feel like conflict? Right? So we want to meet them with love and compassion, with non-judgment, you know, as they're arising, that it's okay to be as it is. Eventually we want to get to wisdom. Eventually we want to see that what is arising, this, this conflict, doesn't have conflict at all within it. This is eventually where we want to get to, right? Eventually wisdom is, is our ultimate freedom. So when, when, we're listening, when we're waking up to this inside of ourselves, we're looking with this deep wisdom.
the true nature. Or actually the, the lack of, of suffering nature, right? So by this listening, contemplating, and meditation, this is getting towards this wisdom. So for wisdom to arise, we need a couple other pieces, which is ethics and concentration. So ethics and concentration lead to wisdom. So the ethics and concentration are to have this, this stability of mind. So we're really like scientists. Like when we move into our practice and we're looking at change and suffering and conflict and what's arising and to know the true nature and the wisdom of it, a scientist will take whatever this is that is trying to that they're trying to figure out and hold it underneath the microscope. Yeah. And so we're we're going to actually try to hold this dissonance underneath the microscope, but to do that we need some stabilization, right? So a lot of times when conflict arises, of course we move into distraction, right? Conflict arises and we bounce away from it. And then if we move in towards it, it's super uncomfortable and we're not able to hold it. So we're not able to process it and transform it. So the important piece here is, let's say, self-doubt and, and confidence. So we have self-doubt and confidence. So in this practice, we're not cultivating confidence. We're transforming self-doubt. This is the difference. So if we create confidence, but don't deal with self-doubt, self-doubt still, is still there. We're just adding confidence. But this is more of an alchemy, right? What we want to do is we want to take self-confidence, and I mean self-doubt, and we're going to transform it. We're going to use it as the foundation, as the material for confidence, right? So we transform that sound into elixir. <laughs> so this takes stabilization of mind. Right? So in meditative stabilization, this is why we're meditating. We're not meditating you know, just for that immediate sense of peacefulness. We're training the mind to become a tool. And that tool is, being able, is going to be able to sit with something long enough till it sees its nature, right? So it, the true nature of self-doubt is confidence. But we need to sit with it long enough to see it. And that's the true wisdom. When we could sit with something long enough, then it reveals itself, its true nature. And luckily, the true nature of all of this is Buddha nature, right? A automatically. So we just need to sit with it long enough. So the first thing that we do is with ethics, right? Because this is ethics is the first way to a stable mind. And we see this automatically, right? If we if we practice some kindness and we practice honesty. You just take like honesty, for example. Like let's say telling a lie. Like just one lie, like look at how conflicting that is in our mind, right? It causes trouble. Because <laughs> like one lie leads to the next and all that stuff, right? And then you're conflicted, right? It's busy mind. Like dishonesty, very busy mind. Because then you can't remember what you told somebody. 
all this stuff. Obviously, anger. Feel into the energy of anger. Very agitated, agitated mind. Right. But you think how calming it is. Like you have nothing to worry about if you go and, and you spend the day and you're very kind and maybe service oriented, and you do your best to be patient. And then you go sit down and meditate at the end of the day. Obviously, the mind's going to be more subdued. Yeah. Obviously, it's more calm. So this calmness will lead to shamatha, so concentration, to be able to hold the mind on the object. Yeah. And then this will lead to wisdom. And in that wisdom, this is where true transformation comes from. And the ultimate wisdom, at least from uh, lack of suffering, is the wisdom of non-self. Yeah. That there's not this this one this this permanent independent being that needs to be changed, but we're actually in flux. <laughs> and this is a great realization that like oh I'm like this fixed thing and I'm like this. And I need to change this, but actually the wisdom that I'm all, I'm changing all the time. I'm impermanent. I'm interdependent. There's not a fixed. There's a self, but there's not a fixed and permanent self. Right? That I'm in flux all the time. I'm very adaptable. Yeah. I could move at will. So to kind of recap, see where we're at. We'll do a little meditation here. But to recap, first, what decision do we want to make? Right? Is it going to be wise? Am I moving in the right direction and waking up? Or am I just going into another, I'm going to shift and change, but it's still going to cause more suffering. So the first thing to do is to wake up to this. To be completely honest, loving, and open. And then, you know, to meet this, this, uh, this teachings that we're getting from society and our upbringing or whatnot, meeting that with the Dharma. So listening, contemplating, meditating on something else. So we have more fuel of, and more teachings to say, okay, yeah, you know, this way I look and society, I look at all of this and it's not leading to happiness for all these beings that are moving like this. But this other teaching has led to sustainable happiness for others in the past that are just like me. Let me contemplate this. And then how do they do this? They do it through ethics, concentration, and eventually wisdom. Right? So I want to do a little uh, meditation where we actually can move through something. <laughs> For real. Um, so the first thing, like maybe before we sit, you could just kind of contemplate. But um, so allowing allowing to arise, and you can maybe go ahead and get in a contemplative position there.
So the first thing to look at is something that's been arising for you lately in, in regards to change and shifting. And allowing this to come to mind and and then just posing the question, is this is this a wise change? Like what's my motivation for the change? Is it gonna lead to long term happiness? Some inner wisdom and setting that foundation. Is it gonna bit benefit myself and others? Maybe a little bit more temporary. Just kind of looking into your motivation for this shift and change. And see if there's any dissonance there with this change. If there's any fear of change, of not wanting to be outside the norm. Or is there maybe an emphasis or an expansion of this change that you would make if you came from a place of complete fearlessness? Self full permission not to conform, but to turn into your heart's desires.
And then next, allowing to come to mind if you could feel it arising, what's holding you back. The energy of what's holding you back from this intention, this shift and change. Is there an energy there that you could find that's not aligned? As that energy arises, meeting it with loving kindness, meeting it with non judgment, and not in any way needing it for it to change, but seeing if you could sit with this with openness. In a sense of allowing. See if you can merge these two, that energy of dissonance. And this new fresh energy. <coughs> Bringing those together in your heart. Continues to be dissonance, move into your intention, making your intention as pure as possible for the benefit of yourself and others.
And lastly, maybe sitting with the wisdom of impermanence, just noticing that you're shifting and changing, and that every new, every moment is a new you. Every moment's a new opportunity to be whatever it is that you want to be. So it would be nice to, to connect with one another and see what came up for one another. And I fully realize that these might be very personal shifts and changes <laughs> that you're thinking about. Um, and, but you, you could be as detailed or as general as you would like to be about the energies that you met within yourself and um, about how you would like those shifts to happen. So maybe turning to... Um, the people next to you, maybe no more than um, a group of two or three. Um, no, actually, it might be here. No more than four. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No more than four, because it might be nice to hear from different voices. Um, yeah. <laughs> Between two and four. So, yes, yeah, turn to the people next to you. So does uh, anyone want to share with the larger group what, what came up for them? Uh, I really liked, and I think we agreed that, what you said about confidence and then uh, self-doubt and then uh, having like two different forms of that, but then using the, using actually going with the self-doubt and transforming that. Mm -hmm. I feel like, uh, I, I, in my experience, I just that's... Uh, you have this confidence, but it's not genuine. And it's like to do it, and well, at least for me, it's like a, a societal confidence. Like I have to do this, so I'm gonna go do it. But there's like still self doubt, and mm -hmm. it's very kind of fear based for what people think. So I really appreciated that because it really changed my frame on seeing that. 
and having these two different masks and just kind of going for the, the core real uh, thing that's going on, you know, and working with that. Awesome. Instead of just covering it over, however. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But I definitely appreciated that. The kind of framing. Cool. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. I uh, have been weird for a long time. <laughs> 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 and so it's nice to be with a group of other weird people. <laughs> because uh, in my family, in my neighborhood, in my, you know, uh, a lot of my friends don't meditate, they don't understand. Uh, they, Think that this is That's it. way out. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to hell. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I, it's just been—it's an interesting process. You know, I, I see change in myself, and uh, you know, I've, I've gone from meditating 30 minutes twice a day to meditating a couple hours a day, and, and trying to maintain either mindfulness or, or letting go thought throughout the day. And uh, if you tell someone uh, that you've got a, you know, a, a mantra in your head or a wadu or a, you know, whatever, they're like, what? <laughs> and you're trying to do what? <laughs> yeah. You know, so um, I, I'm getting more and more comfortable with just, you know, following my own path. Wonderful. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, what struck me with um, what was being discussed is uh, the self-doubt and confidence and them really being uh, related, you know. Um, for me, <clears throat> I don't know if exactly um, is the same thing, but it was like this silent um, scorn um, that kind of festers with me when uh, friends of mine uh, pursue certain spiritual paths um, and I operate from like a fear of being left out or treated differently uh, mm -hmm. because and so that like drives like a dishonesty uh, not voicing 
like what I find to be true and what I would like to pursue. Mm -hmm. um, and like my behaviors, I've been able to change, um, but I still internalize the feelings of like uh, judgment and uh, just. I guess there's still like this mental like battle going on. Where uh, it's just like it's 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 silent scorn, and like I treat people differently because of it. I'll di I'll, I'm not honest, and I'll operate from this like kind of persecutory, like like I'm being like treated differently. And when uh, I haven't even put forth the practice of like being courageous enough to be honest and just state what I. Without being like antagonistic, <coughs> mm -hmm. trying to get like a rise out of people. Yeah. Um, so that's the change that I was asking mm. about for me that I would like to. How was it when you when you sat with that? When you sat with that energy, like how how was it just sitting with it? Um, I found it objectionable. <laughs> <laughs> Stage number one. <laughs> Yeah, you know, I, and I, I feel like as far as when we want to take action coming from that energy and we feel like that action is going to be abrasive, working with the energy of it first, you know, like if we come in alignment with it, then we can come from a place that's, that's very kind, you know, because it's really about your, your own self being at peace with what's happening, right? And then if you can come with peace and you can internalize it, and you could be fine with the adjustments that you want to make and be confident in that, then that's going to come across in how you bring that to others, you know? Mm -hmm. Like, first make, make your own peace with it, you know? And there's that, that sitting with, you know, this non-judgmental, compassionate awareness. This, yeah, if we, if we don't have that, that flame of awareness that could just let it be as it is, then we're not going to be able to sit with it long enough to really allow it to be. Yeah. Thank you for sharing. Yeah. Um, we kind of had a similar situation in that it was um, based on a, situations that happen. You want to take action on the outside to make it go away or or get rid of it or somehow mm -hmm. just instead of trying to uh, and then realizing that it's really going inward it's and that has nothing to do with what's happening on the outside that's going to fix it it's looking inside and saying okay what's the negative or false belief that I need to deal with or what's going on with me that I need to take care of because you can do lots of things externally and if nothing changes internally it's not going to change yeah thank you Let's just meditate one last time together. And just dedicating the merit of our time together and 
What do you think of all the the beings out there, all of our brothers and sisters that they want to change, they want to make shifts and changes, and either they don't have the know-how, they don't have you know the teachings to meet this dissonance within themselves with some kindness and openness. They don't have the courage. Maybe their environment is severe. So thinking of all those beings that just feel in the dark. And taking our wisdom and our insight and our love and compassion. And sending it to them. That somehow, some way, they could find freedom right where they are. beings everywhere without exception be happy and free from suffering Just listen to a recording from Insight LA in Long Beach. For more information, please visit us at insightla.org.